Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the Path of Revelation show. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker. And this is where the culture meets scripture. You gotta kill your flesh, yeah, tell it to my face Riding on high, thinking I'm fly Not thinking about time, the limits the sky My mind don't got it, but full of pride Pride got me blind, but I learned in time I was a fool, fool with a bunch of flaws I was sitting on my high horse judging y'all Judging like I'm in the summer and I couldn't fall But time had a way of making me eat my thoughts and I had to face it Like the bulls I was tanking Till I was awakened This life ain't a race It's running with patience Moments are sacred I gotta get my time back Can't waste it Pressing forward No wasting time I gotta get my time back Can't waste it Ever end a day, so we play with this grace and reject his ways. Like I try my way for a season, time to play. But some don't make it back from a backslid in place. Now everybody's testimony is the prodigals. Some dying see him trying to test how far his grace would go. Seek him now while you find him, please don't stray. Let him be the God of your youth and not just old age. And not conform, that's when our witness ceases. Gotta trust him, we can't let this world deceive us. Redefining what it means to be believers. You can know church without ever knowing Jesus' time. Wasted cause we think we have abundance, but life's a vapor then. Come Judgment, it don't matter who's your family or your last name if you're not covered in the blood of the lamb slain. I gotta get my time back, time back. can't waste it. Pressing forward, no wasting time. I gotta get my time back, can't waste it. We can't be here forever, no wasting time. Eagles fly alone, seagulls flying packs. So if you're feeling lonely. Maybe there's purpose in where you at Just give it time God heals everything in time God lifts everything in time I'll hit 70 in time The older I get, the colder the shoulder I give To things that waste my The more time passes, feel like it moves faster You never get it back, so I take my Time is not money, money can't compare to Well, I run out of time if I stay ahead of time It flies, life is like crit Tonight, don't waste your I gotta get my time back Gotta get my time back Can't waste it Pressing forward, no wasting time I gotta get my time back Can't waste it Pressing forward, no wasting time Welcome to the path.
Path of Revelation podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. Listen, that was the featured song for this episode. It's our song, Time, featuring Deron Donaldson, Katrina Campbell, and our brother, J. Will Music. It's from our latest project that just dropped, The Peculiar. So listen, if you haven't heard our new, our latest project, I don't know what you're waiting for. Maybe you didn't hear about it yet. But listen, make sure you go download and stream Path of Revelation, The Peculiar. You can look it up. It's on all digital outlets, whether you listen on Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. However you listen to your music, make sure you check out the latest project. We've been getting great, great feedback. But listen, um, before I hop into the uh, topic for this episode, just a few, few announcements. On July 26, I will be preaching at a youth revival at Victory Christian Center Church, um, located 5080 Belmont Street in Hamtramck, Michigan, 48212. Listen, um, if you're in the Detroit area, I would love to see you guys. I'm I'm ex- I'm really excited to share the word of God that night. I'm expecting uh, for us to have a great time in the Lord. But listen, also the next day, Matt and I, Path of Revelation, will be in concert in Dallas, Texas, at Adamant Believers Council Church, where the pastor is Pastor G. Craig Lewis. This is our family, y'all. We we're really looking to. Uh, fellowship and 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 minister um, with our family, with our ABC family. Um, if you're in the Dallas area, make sure you you stop through. Uh, most of you guys are familiar with Pastor G. Craig um, and the truth behind his truth behind hip hop series, EX Ministries. Um, and so yeah, we'll we'll be in concert at his church doing rap. <laughs> and so we're we're excited, man. We're gonna have a good time in the Lord. So if you're in Dallas. Um, stop through, you know, even if you don't stop through for, for, for our concert, man, it's just a good church, man. If you don't have a home, if if you don't have a a home church or a church that you belong to, I would highly recommend you guys to visit ABC, a very family oriented church, very biblical church, um, where, where you'll see a great example of what it means to be a man of God, um, and woman of God. So it's, it's just a great church all the way around. So make sure, you know, if you don't have a home church, stop in there. Um, but listen, this this show is, is very important to me. Um, and specifically, um, I'm speaking not just to all Christians, but I'm specifically speaking to Christian creatives. This show, if you are a Christian creative listening, uh, what I mean by a Christian creative, if you have a if you're a Christian rapper, Christian singer, worship leader, preacher, Christian blogger, influencer, some type of influencer, pastor, whatever you do. If you're if you're a Christian uh, working to break into an industry or or even break into mainstream like this is the show for you. Like you need to listen. Um, I think I think this is going to be a dope show. Um, but listen, I want to I want to kind of share a few um, a few points concerning just 
my experience in the last 20 years as a Christian rapper and and also where God brought Matt and I from, you know what I'm saying? Um, but just to kind of give you guys some of my background, I've been working in customer service and sales for over 10 years. Um, I've been a business owner for the last eight years. Um, some of you may already know I own and operate my own windshield repair business. And as I operate my windshield repair business, you know, there's a lot of a lot of things that I've learned about customer service and 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 as it relates to what I've seen in the in in the music industry, I should say. And and um for the last 20 years, um I've been a Christian rapper. You know, I started rapping 20 years ago. I think Matt probably started rapping maybe 18 years ago. He probably started like a year or two years later after after I started rapping. And for a long for for a big part of our ministry we weren't traveling. You know, we were just strictly local artists, you know. I'll say it, it hasn't been until probably the last 5 or 6 years that we've started traveling. And so now I wouldn't consider us to be local artists because even though we don't do a lot of shows, um, the majority of the engagements that we do are out of town. We do just as much stuff out of town as we do locally now. And so what's been interesting for us is in the, in, in the 20 years of rapping, the last five years, we've had the opportunity of, of meeting some of our heroes of yesterday and even developing relationships with them. You know, there are artists who, when they would come here to Detroit, as teenagers, we would be in the audience as as just straight up fans, like cheering their music and, you know, buying their CDs, getting autographs after the concert. Well, I never really got autographs, but you get what I mean. We were fans. And now fast forward today, we've had the opportunity to be booked, not just one time, but multiple times as traveling artists on the same program as some of these same artists who have bigger names. And just hear me out. I'm going somewhere with all of this. I'm One of the things that I've learned in, in my experience um, is some of the artists that 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 I've had the opportunity of meeting now and 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 know now like we have each other's numbers they can text me I can text them they can call me I can call them some of these artists actually lived up to what they put out on the stage and what I mean by that is the person that they were on stage the message that they were preaching on stage was consistent with the person that I now had a personal relationship with. And then there were artists who taught a good game on the stage and in their music and, their, and who they were off stage or outside of the booth 
wasn't consistent with who they said they were in the booth or on stage. And so, um, what's interesting about this too is in the social media era, especially with me, I've always been the outgoing member of Path of Revelation. I'm the one who's managing our social media. I'm the one who who's posting more on social media because, you know, I'm I've become some some people in the social media era would consider me a public figure. And so um, I have a personal brand of ministry uh, by way of what I post on social media. Um, I have a personal brand in terms of what I do with the Path of Revelation podcast. And so as a result of me doing Facebook lives and different things of this nature along with the music, I've had some of our heroes of yesterday or people that had a great influence on us when we were kids reach out to me and say, hey, man, Gabe, I really love what you're doing. Let's kick it. Let's exchange numbers. And and from there, that has kind of opened me up to some networks of other artists who who I grew up really looking up to or who Matt and I really grew up looking we grew up looking up to. And so one of the things that um, I've, you know, as we began to travel and Matt and I have done shows with some of these big name artists, um, one of the things that we notice that some of these artists who are not consistent with their message, they, they'll get on stage and get in interviews and tell you the importance of church, fellowship, and discipleship, but won't even speak to the artists on the same program as them or even entertain the idea of breaking bread. Like, you know, one thing that we always talk about in the Christian music industry and the Christian rap industry, we always talk about how there's a lack of discipleship in in the industry of Christian music or Christian rap or gospel music or whatever industry you're a part of. Oh, it's a lack of it's a lack of discipleship. You know, we need to fellowship, we need accountability. But I've watched some of the quote unquote OGs who are saying these things not even talk to the artists that are on the same program as them. Like literally like they don't come out of their room until it's time for them. You don't see them until it's time for them to hit the stage. They're in a separate room from the other artists. They're not trying to talk to the other artists. And um, when they get off the stage, they're, 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 they're nice to the fans. They're saying praise the Lord to the fans. They're, they're, they're encouraging the fans. But they're not, they have no desire to build or even pour into the other artists that are on the program with them. And be that example, be that accountability. And what I'm learning is for for a lot of these artists, some of these artists, and I'm not going to say any names, 
Because it's happened, it's happened more than once. They have great customer service. <clears throat> what do I mean by great customer service? This is why I brought up the customer service aspect in the beginning. They have what I call great customer service. What do I mean by that? Well, with my windshield repair business, I rent out space in oil changes. And we service or fix the windshields of the customers coming in to get their oil changed. And what I've observed over my years of working in customer service and specifically with the windshield repair, I've seen oil change workers have great customer service with the customer when they come in. And as soon as the customer leaves, they're talking bad about the customer. They're cussing the customer out and just saying all nasty things about the customer once the customer is gone. But when the customer is in their face, they're saying all the right stuff. They're saying all the right things. And so it reminds me of what I've been I've experienced with some of the bigger names in Christian rap. And and yeah, I see this with local artists or or smaller artists as well, but I'm specifically talking about some of the artists who know artists who know how to say all the right things on stage. They know how to say all the right things on stage and know how to say things the right way. But not willing to walk it out when they're not on stage. Like they it's like do you even believe what you just said? And so some of these Christian rappers or Christian artists with bigger names, they remind me of the oil change workers or, or, or of people on customer service that I've. And it's not just this hasn't just happened at the oil change, but just I'm just looking back at all the customer service jobs that I've done. They have great customer service. They say all the right things in, in front of the customers or their or, or their fans. They say all the right things in, in front of the audience. And then once the audience is gone, it's like they take off the act that they just put on. And now you're left with the real them. And so it's like, man, we can't just like, how can you say something and be so passionate about it? And then you're you're doing the complete opposite when you're not on stage. I got to share. I got to share a particular story, and, I'm, and again, I'm not going to say any names. This has been within the last five years, so so you don't try to figure out who I'm talking about. But me and Matt, we were booked. Um, this happened more than once. Booked in the, in, in a city, and, and this particular artist, what 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 was so what what kind of broke my heart about this artist is when I served as a youth pastor. For my church, I served as youth pastor at my church for over eight years. And I had brought this artist out two times. Now, this was while I was still a local artist. I wasn't me and Matt wasn't traveling at the time. We didn't you know, nobody flew us out. Nobody took it like we were doing local shows. We were happy to if, if, if gas money was covered. And but nevertheless, I got I booked this particular artist two years back to back. 
and he he was nice, great customer service to me because I was hosting him. I served him, made sure he had something to eat, made sure if he needed anything, I was the guy making sure he had it. Years later, we get booked at the same venue as him. And I didn't notice it the first time because, you know, you know, I'm one thing that people say about me is, man, Gabe, you know how you you see the best in everybody. Like you see the best in you see the best in the worst people. And and, and that's something. Listen, I, I, I praise God for that trait because I know how filthy I am. I know how wretched I I was in my sin, and I know how wretched I, I could still be when I'm left to myself, if not for the grace of God. But nevertheless, we we booked this particular artist um, uh, two years at, at my church and served him. And now, fast forward, probably about eight years later, six years later, I don't know how many. It's, it had been a minute. Now we're traveling. And we're booked in the same city as this artist. We're a, 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 a booked act just like them. And they're standing off. They're not fellowshipping with none of the other artists. They're not, they're not pulling, they're not even, you know, trying to pour into any of the other artists and encourage the other artists in the Lord. They get on the stage and they say all the right stuff. But they're not, they're not breaking bread. They're they're isolated. But when you hear them in interviews, they're like, man, we need more discipleship. We need more fellowship. We need to be we need to be serving in our churches and we need to be the example that we that be example for others. But they're not actually walking it out themselves when they're off the stage. And so good customer service. Good customer service. One of the things about customer service is you treat people right because they're paying you, not necessarily because you like them. And so if a person isn't, if you can't benefit from a person in terms of your brand or financially, you don't treat them like you treat the customers. And so what happens with some of us as artists, we we put on these characters, we put on a character Um, I, you know, I was telling somebody recently because I had the opportunity, one of my good friends who is a comic head, I'm a comic head too, but he's a little bit more of a comic head than me. He's more, he's more like to the point where he loves going to Comic-Con, like whenever time Comic-Con comes. And so I had never been to a Comic-Con and he invited me and I was like, man, I actually had a good time. It was cool seeing people dress up and just. You know, it was a it was an experience for me I had never personally experienced, but I saw all these characters. And when I left, and I really began to think about the state of the Christian music industry and Christian hip hop and gospel music, it's just it's full of characters. People aren't being themselves and they're being the best ver- they're being the best version of somebody that they're not when they're in front of the audience. Because it's for the sake of their brand, not for the sake of the gospel, really. And so there are some people who know how to say all of the right things the right way when they're in front of an audience. But they don't have the conviction to actually live out what they said on stage when it's time to in real life. 
And so I begin to ask myself, man, how do we how do we get here, man? How do we get here? Because most of us as Christian influencers, now I want you guys to understand I'm dealing with how we define success as Christian creatives and artists, bloggers, you know, because most of us Christian influencers and creatives, we start out with this idea that we're going to infiltrate the mainstream for Jesus or even take over the mainstream for Christ. And we have this idea that we have this idea that the most effective way to win souls is to gain fans. We think gaining fans, sometimes we can be so full of ourselves that we think gaining fans is synonymous with winning people to Christ. When in actuality, people are more excited about us than they are Christ because we make it about us. When we look at Christ, there there were times, and hear me good, when we look at Christ, there were times when he told his disciples not to publicly proclaim him as the Messiah. The Jews were expecting a political Messiah and his kingdom is spiritual. But his kingdom is spiritual. They were looking for him to free them from Rome and foreign oppression, not to come as a suffering servant, as prophesied in Isaiah 52 and 53, who would be crucified for the sins of the world. They weren't looking for for that. They were looking for him to come on a white horse with fire in his eyes. They were looking for him to come on a white horse with fire in his eyes. And he came on a donkey. <laughs> he came on a donkey. And so when our idea, now hear me good, when our idea of winning the world starts with us envisioning ourselves on a stage or a big platform and not maximizing the people we encounter daily outside of the stage and shows, we're missing it. Like when, when us reaching the world doesn't start with our everyday interactions with people around us but it starts with the stage, we're missing it. We're missing it. But what's happening with with a lot of, what happens with a lot of us as artists, we we have twisted, a lot of us uh, misapply what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, when Paul said, I become all things that I might win some. And so we interpret that as, hey, I have to be the Christian version of Jay-Z or I have to be the Christian version of Beyonce. I have to be the I have to be the Christian version of what's popping in the world. That's how I become all things that I might win some. And so what happens is we begin to chase fame and recognition. 
because we we define how the world defines success. We adopt we adopt that same mentality. How the world defines success, we begin to define success the way the world does, because that's a part of us becoming all things that we might that we might win some. And so we put more emphasis on winning a Grammy than we do serving in a local church. We put more emphasis. We put more emphasis on. On winning awards and and, and performing in, in front of big crowds where people are screaming our name, not Christ's name, than we do evangelism every day with the people that we encounter. So we misapply when Paul said, I become all things that I might win some. So I want to take a look at the text and, and, and actually read it in context. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting at verse 19, it says, For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. Now, this is the part that we don't focus on. We just we just skip right to, oh, I'm becoming all things that I might win some. So I have to become like Jay-Z or I have to become like Beyonce to win those who she who she's reaching. No, he says, for though I am free from all, in other words, I'm not bound by other people's opinions or 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 what they think I should do. He says, I'm free. Though I'm free from all, I have made myself a servant to all. A servant. See, a servant. Jesus is our is our great example. This is why I mentioned Christ didn't come as a political Messiah. He came as a suffering servant. He the uh, Philippians two. Christ is our example. Philippians two, verse five through six. It talks about how let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. So in other words, though he was God. And it goes on the next verse, but he made himself of no reputation. He humbled himself in the likeness of men and he and he humbled himself to the death of the cross. See, our idea of becoming all. Why does our idea of becoming all things to all men? Always have to do with our name in lights. Our idea of becoming all things to all men always. Why is that that idea always us on a stage and people screaming our name? Like, listen, man, (laughs) and I was telling some I was telling my my bro Cam. Many of you guys know Cam. He used to do hooks for Reach back in the day. He's an awesome singer. Awesome artist. I was just telling Cam the other day. I was like, man, listen, to be honest. Being on the stage performing like I don't even really view that as real service. That's not service when people are cheering for you and people are 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 chanting your lyrics back at you and they're getting hyped because they got they get to see you live in person. That's not that's not service. That's performing like like we he says in verse 19, I have made myself a servant to all. That I might win more of them. 
And so he goes on in verse 20 to say to the Jews, I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being under the law, that I might win those under the law. Verse 21, to those outside of the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside of the law of God, but under the law of Christ. That's a word for those struggling with Hebrew Israelite doctrine. That's a whole nother show. That I might win those outside of the law. Verse 22. To the weak I became weak. That I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people. That by all means I might have some. How come we don't want to ever become weak that we win the weak? Why we always why why is us becoming all things always have to do with us being strong and people looking at us and seeing how great we are? Man, we have to humble ourselves and die to ourselves. But see, many of us as Christian artists, we have this idea that hey, I'm gonna blow up big, and once I blow up big. I'm going to give Jesus to people because people need to know how cool I am so they can know how cool Jesus is. Man, that is such a vain way of looking at evangelism. That is such a vain way of looking at reaching people. Listen, if you have to reach people by how cool you are and how dope you are, that's what it's going to take to keep them. And I would even make an argument that you're not winning them to Christ. You're really winning them to you in the name of a false Christ. Jesus is amazing all by himself. Now, will God use different things and attributes and characteristics that we display? Our personality and what we do for him? To reach people, of course, but ultimately it's going to be us giving them Jesus, not us having to share in in his glory. And so, look, man, I, man, this hopefully you guys are getting something out of this. I, I, I was watching. I watched this show on Netflix. Now, this is dope. Now, hear me out. I watched this show on Netflix and this is a show and I, and I don't want to promote the show because, you know, I'm careful with what I what I endorse publicly. But it's, it's more of a Christian liberty thing. It was something that I, I checked out, you know, um, but one of my good friends who I talk movies with, we always talk about writing and the details of what makes a good show or movie. And so my good friend, Adrian. Uh, recommended, like, hey, man, you should check out this show on Netflix. Now, I've been hearing about this show for the last, like, two years and how dope this show is. But usually when I hear everybody, it's just me. When I hear everybody talking about something, I usually do the opposite. Like, I don't like following trends because I feel like whenever I see something trending, I feel like, hey, this this is like programming everybody to think alike. And I, and one thing I don't want to do, I don't want to think like everybody. I want to think like Christ. And so, and I'm not even trying to be deep when I say that, but I really mean that, man, because I believe that a lot of these shows and the media, social media, this stuff is programming us. It's programming a lot of us. And, 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 and quite frankly, 
some of us struggle to think through different issues biblically because we're getting the opinions of everybody else but the Bible. We're getting ideas and knowledge from everybody else but the word of God. And that's another show. But that was like episode 28. Go check that out. But listen, so he recommended that I check out this show. And so I was like, you know what? Because you said it, I'm going to check it out. And I watched the first episode and I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. And then I watched the second episode. And the second episode kind of, it it summed up a big part of how I feel about Christians' take on infiltrating mainstream. And so in the story, it was a story of of a man and this 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 guy he lived in this community uh in this facility it's this huge facility and his room like the walls of his room was a television screen like the walls and the ceiling and the door it was all a screen like it and and the screen was constantly showing different things it was showing commercials it was showing uh, he was able to play the video game. It was showing different ads and uh, offering him different things. It was just constantly throwing him different things. And then when he went to sleep, when he woke up, a fake sun and rooster appeared on the screen. And the rooster began to cock a doo You know how roosters wake people up. And, and, the, and the fake sun woke him up. And then he would go... Um, join everybody else in this room and they were all on these bikes and they were all on these bikes riding these bikes and at and the longer and the faster that they ride rode the bikes they would earn currency and the currency would allow them to buy different perks different video games it would allow them to buy different shows to entertain themselves but in this whole world that he was in Nothing was really real. Nothing was real. And so he met this young lady that he really liked. And he and he saw that she had talent. Like she could really sing. And they had this show within their world. It was it was like American Idol. It was like it was like American Idol or America's Got Talent. And he was like, you should enter into this show. Because you're so talented. And she was like, I don't know. I don't have enough money to enter in. And so what he did was he took most of his savings and he gave it to her for her to enter this competition because they believed in the system. They believed in the system. Now, catch this. They believed in the system. And so she enters into this America's Got Talent type show and. They go and they see all of these people outside waiting to compete for acceptance. They're, they're, they're waiting to compete to become famous. And, and, and when she comes, they, they call her number. And, and he begins to go with her backstage. And as he's backstage with her, right before she goes on stage to perform before the judges, the lady hands her this this liquid substance for her to drink and this liquid substance basically drugs her and and when she goes out she's no longer in her right mind 
and she's standing before the judges. And, and get this, the audience isn't even a real audience. It's like computer generated people um, from the community who are actually in their rooms, but they have like emoji characters sitting in the audience. So they're not actually in the audience. And so the audience essentially is not real or really there. And so she's in front of this audience. And as soon as she gets out there and she's drugged and, and he sees that um, the, the guy who gave her the money that that's with her as she's standing before the judges, the judges begin to tell her to take off her clothes and show her body like, hey, you have a great voice, but you got to do more to, to win our acceptance. You have to do more to if you really want to make it. If you really want to make it, do it. And so they start to get her. They start challenging her to show her body and 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 basically compromise her values to make it. And when the and when the young man who came with her, who invested in her to even be on the show, saw that they were trying to take advantage of her because he was on the outside looking in. He began to yell and tried to grab her and they and they security came and got him and kicked him out. And long story short, with the young lady, she ended up giving in to the system. For the sake of fame, recognition and actually having her dreams accomplished. But when she when she basically sold her soul, when she made it. They she gained the money, the fame, but she wasn't herself anymore. They were just taking advantage of her and abusing her and using her, her body and stuff. Now, mind you, they're not showing all of this stuff. I would, you know, but they're using her. And so the young man that invested in her, this is how many of us Christians think. Now, this is the part where how many of us Christian influencers think the young man saw what they did to her. And he said he made a vow in himself that I'm, I'm going to earn enough money to enter into the competition myself so I can infiltrate the system and take over the system. And so the young man went to the bikes where all the other people were riding to earn currency and he began to ride. He began to ride faster than everybody. He began to work out um, and on his dance moves because that was the gift that he was going to try to infiltrate the system with. And he began to work on his, his talent, his gifts and practice and work and save his money and his currency. And he earned enough money and he enters into the competition. And when he's backstage Right before he goes to the stage, the same lady that had handed the girl the substance that drugged her, the same lady tried to give him the substance. And he had the old carton from the girl because he had grabbed her carton and he told the lady, oh, I already drank it. So I'm good. I don't need any more. And so she let him pass on the stage. And when he got on the stage. This was his moment. This is how many of us feel like, man, all I got to do is get to the Grammys. All I got to do is get to the um, to the award show and I'm going to let them have it. And he gets on the stage and he begins to give them a piece of his mind. 
He begins to tell them the truth about themselves that, hey, you guys are just trying to take advantage of everybody. You don't really care about us. You guys aren't really real. This whole thing is fake. And he just begins to let them have it. And the judges just sit back for a while and they're quiet. And they're shocked like we've never had somebody come on here and tell us about ourselves and tell us how wicked we are. And the main judge had an idea. He twisted it on him. He said he responded to all of the criticism, negative criticism that the, the young man had about him. He said, brilliant. He says, you're right. He says, we've never had somebody like you talk like that. And instead of him rebuking the young man, he offered him an opportunity. He says, how would you like to have a show that we air two times a week and you can talk just like that? And the young man was caught off guard because he thought he was coming in to infiltrate the, the mainstream or infiltrate the system and, and tell them, hey, y'all need to repent. Y'all need to turn from your ways. And instead, they offer me an opportunity. They offer me an opportunity. They offer me fame. They offer me basically what they offered the young lady and he began to think about the conditions of where he was living versus what they were offering him the fame that they were offering him the the financial wealth they were offering him and he compromised in his heart he said well they're gonna let me continue to do what I've been doing so it, it can't be that bad and so he bit he took the opportunity and what happened was he continued, he began to shoot videos twice a week like they offered him. And he would, he would, he would, he would be saying a lot of the same things that he said initially when he stood before them. But now he was saying the right things, but without the conviction behind it. What he was saying had become an act and it was no longer a lifestyle. And this is how many, this is what happens with many Christian artists. Because I've been getting the question like, how, how does this happen to artists that I, I, I looked up to? And then when I actually meet them, how they're moving side of the stage isn't consistent with what they're saying on the stage. It's because they've sold out to the system. They believe in the industry. And listen. The Bible never calls for us as Christians to believe in the industry that we're operating within. It calls us to be in the industry or be in the world, but not of it. We're called to be servants. Not chase our own glory. And, and listen, I understand God will give believers influence within different governments and industries and things of that nature. But that's not a requirement for us to be used by God. That's not a requirement for us to be effective in, in spreading and preaching the gospel. Because what happens is what the young man didn't realize on the show and what many of us don't realize is that just because we don't change our message doesn't mean that our stance hasn't been compromised. 
In other words, what good is what good is it for me to be saying all the right things if I'm holding hands with the devil? What good is it for me to be saying all the right things if I'm holding hands with Delilah? What good is it for me to be saying all the right things if I'm holding hands with Jezebel? And this is what ha- this is what happens with a lot of Christian artists. I've seen so many Christian influencers and Christian artists start out with the mindset that man, I'm going to infiltrate the industry. I'm going to I'm going to take it over for Jesus. And in their ambition, the industry offers to buy them out and give them an opportunity. And they and they and a lot of times we deceive ourselves because we're like, man, I'm still saying Jesus. I'm still preaching the gospel. But you're holding hands with the industry that is wicked. You're, you're not just holding hands with them, but you're coming into agreement with what they're doing as long as they let you do what you're doing. And so now we. We, we a lot of times us as Christian influencers, we're so thirsty for fame and recognition and attention that we allow the world to, to, to partner with us and we begin to co-sign the world for the sake of our brand thriving. And so it becomes more about our brand than it does the actual message within our brand. And so people are being introduced to a watered down Christ and people aren't truly coming to Christ of the scriptures. They're coming to their idea of Christ. And we're aiding in that. This is why the church is full of so many false converts, because we 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 vow we have equated fame and and economic wealth or growth to God blessing us. And we say things like, well, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. We misquote those scriptures to 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 sear our conscience from the fact that we're actually compromising. And so the question I ask you as a as a as a as a Christian artist, Christian creative. Before you desire a big stage, are you serving the people around you where you are? Are you are you serving and and sharing Christ with your co-workers, your family members? Are you being an example to those around you? Because we have this idea, if I just make it to the stage. I'll be able to share Christ. No, tell somebody around you about Christ. Some of us have known people at our job for years and we've never once told them, shared the gospel with them. We talk to people every day and they even know we're a Christian, but but we're not even sharing the gospel with them. We're not asking them, hey, do you know Jesus? What are your thoughts on Christ? Do you understand why Jesus died? Like we're not even we're not we're we're more proactive about our brands and the stage. And the reason why that is, is because it ultimately it benefits us. It benefits us. And so with that being said, I want to encourage Christian creatives, Christian artists out there for for us.
us path of revelation, success, how we define success has changed now. I remember when we were younger, as teenagers, we had opportunities to blow up and and probably even get signed. You know, we could have been, I believe we could have been a lot bigger than what we are today. We used to have ambitions of being a being touring artists. We wanted to be on the road every weekend. We we wanted to travel to different cities and perform in front of different audiences and have people reciting our lyrics and cheering for us. We wanted that in the name of Jesus. How crazy does that sound? We wanted that. But as we got older and as we began to mature in the Lord and look at the Bible, the biblical example of servants and and men, we saw that Real ministry starts at home. And so we didn't want to be on the road every weekend. We didn't want to have shows every weekend. Because listen, to be honest, that's not healthy. It's not healthy for for any of us. Every weekend we're on a different stage and we have people chanting our name. We have people cheering for us every weekend. Man, that stuff goes to, to, will go to your head. And this is why some of the artists that I used to look up to when I actually meet them, I see how out of their mind they are. They say the right things, but they're not living the right things. They're not living the example that they proclaim from the stage. It's because our flesh cannot handle the spotlight. We're not made to be, um, uh, praised and glorified and 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 and, and every weekend and, and and get all of this attention and it's not healthy and so me and matt we made a vow we was like you know what our goal is quality over quantity that became our goal we don't want to do we don't want to do shows every weekend hey may it may just be four quality shows a year or six quality shows a year. We don't have to be gone every week. We don't have to be even gone every month. We're content. We have, we have to learn how to be content with whatever God decided to do. And we actually begin to run from fame. Because we, we've, we've seen, even being in Detroit, the gospel music capital of the world, some of the people that are praised around the world, we see these people on a regular all of the gospel legends are here. A lot of gospel legends are here. And what a lot of people don't know or even care about is that a lot of these people are on their second marriage, their third marriage. They have children out of wedlock. They, 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 people are praising them, but they, their home does not look like the biblical example of a, of a Christian home. And so me and Matt, we determine in our hearts, man, we don't want that. Our flesh isn't made to take that. We don't want to be telling you to praise and worship God and we're not doing We're not living out that example in our own lives. And so if I could say to any of uh, Christian artists, Christians listening, don't put anybody on a pedestal. Don't put anybody on a pedestal but Jesus. Like, and I'm not saying don't we don't we shouldn't have leaders uh, that we submit ourselves to to serve and and follow as they follow Christ. But what I'm saying is, nobody deserves the position, the the throne on our hearts but Christ. And so I, my challenge to every Christian artist is, examine your heart through the lens of Scripture, 
and consider the things that I've said on this show and say and ask you ask ask God like man is is my motive in the right place God I'm I'll be satisfied with however whatever you do with us we we talked with one Christian artist back in 2003 we 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 had a chance to go backstage and right now he's considered one of the pioneers in Christian rap and and Matt and I asked him like man what 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 can we do what should we be doing to be working towards becoming full-time? What should we be doing to become full-time artists and full-time ministers? And the advice that he gave us has stuck with us to this day. He said, whatever God, be content with wherever God places you. If God wants you to be local, be content with that and maximize being local. If God sends you nationwide or around the country or out of the country, be faithful to that. But whatever God decides to do with you, be content. And so my message to the Christian creatives out here, be good stewards over your gift. Be be diligent in, in what God is, what you believe God is calling you to do. But don't sell out. Don't don't chase fame. Don't compromise your gift. Don't link up with everybody for the sake of an opportunity. Because not every door that opens is God. And make sure you're serving a, 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 your local church, a church that is biblical, a church that preaches the gospel. And submit yourself to leadership. We all need accountability. And so listen, man, thank you guys for listening. This has been the Path to Revelation show. If you have any questions about this topic or anything you've heard on the show, you can write in or ask questions or comments at pathofrevelationnow.com, pathofrevelationnow.com. And again, make sure you guys check out our latest project, The Peculiar. But listen, you've been tuned into the Path of Revelation podcast. And yes, this is where the culture meets scripture.